We're going to talk more spring game and close up spring ball for the Oklahoma Sooners. We also got some interesting coaching nuggets that we want to talk about as far as Brent Venables goes, Steve Sarkeesian, and what's the future of NIL and how's that going to impact the Oklahoma Sooners? We'll talk about that today on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the channel over there on YouTube. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. And joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I almost said at 94.7. But you can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman, 1400 Sports Talk, and on the Sports Talk app wherever you get your apps. Josh, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, you could always just hit that follow button on at Sports Talk 1400 or at 94.7 yeah. The Ref, and I'm sure that they yeah. would definitely appreciate that. I am at Josh on Ref, but what's going on, man? Uh, still buzzing, obviously, from the spring game. Baker Mayfield stole the show at this uh, spring game in some aspects as, as well, because we all know that it was the big Heisman statue unveiling. What was your first thought when you initially saw what the Heisman statue in Heisman Park, what we thought it was going to look like for Baker Mayfield? Um, you know, I know a lot of people were concerned that it didn't look a lot like, it didn't look like him. I just think, about how difficult it must be to carve bronze and to create a statue and how difficult it could be to create somebody's likeness in that. I liked the, the pose that they picked. I thought it was funny that Joe C wouldn't let him choose the flag plant, the flag plant. Uh, but I, I liked what he did go with in, in the, the Heisman moment over Oklahoma state. I thought that was really cool. Uh, you know, it, it was just a really cool environment, him walking out uh, with the smoke to, uh, Phil Collins uh, in the air tonight and the, the drum track. It, it just all made for very much a, a, a WWE type entrance. And as a, a longtime wrestling fan, it just like hit all the feels for me. And then just the words that he had to say, you know, at halftime, I thought it was just really cool to have him back on campus. I think they need to make sure that he's ready and available every spring to come and, and speak to the OU fan base because in, in some capacity, it doesn't have to be a halftime speech, but just some moment at a podium somewhere, either in the buildup to the game or after the game, something like that, just to be an ambassador for the school because he moves the needle for every single Oklahoma fan. I don't think that there's a person out there that doesn't love Baker Mayfield. If you are, let us know in the comment section on YouTube because I'd just be surprised. I think a lot of people are just are drawn to his story, drawn to his energy and his passion and just his love for Oklahoma. And I think that just resonates with so many people. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield really was the, the architect here in recent years of restoring Oklahoma football. And when you pair that coming off what happened in 2014 for Oklahoma, where OU fresh off that sugar bowl win over Alabama, everybody thought that was the year in 2014 that Oklahoma was going to make a serious 
push to to be a national championship type contender, and they floundered the way that they did with Trevor Knight at quarterback. There, there was some uncertainty with the program. You moved on from your offensive coordinator and Josh Heupel. You enter the Baker Mayfield era, and really from that Tennessee comeback on, it, it was clear that Baker Mayfield was the right guy for Oklahoma. You mix in, of course, his exit from Texas Tech. The fact that he was a walk-on before that, him being vocal about the fact that he was from Austin, didn't like the Texas Longhorns. I mean, the match was – it was a perfect match for Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, just the history of that. And then now knowing what we know with Baker Mayfield's professional career, having been the number one overall pick after winning a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma and Cleveland sort of – I mean, essentially turning its back on Baker Mayfield and moving forward with Deshaun Watson instead. It felt like – it felt like – this was the perfect time for Baker Mayfield to come home, to come back to Norman. The timing of it, I mean, it was supposed to happen a couple of years ago, but obviously COVID put a stop to that. So this probably timed out as well as it could for Baker Mayfield. And I just thought it was cool, man, the whole weekend itself. You mentioned the, the, the presentation of how Baker Mayfield came out to address the fans at halftime. But how about before that, him going to the softball game, throwing out the yes. first pitch? I mean, very on-brand for Baker Mayfield, right, who in the past had made appearances with the gymnastics teams on campus and had fun with that. He's always been a great ambassador, like you mentioned, for the University of Oklahoma. And so you kind of just think about the entirety of Baker Mayfield's story at the University of Oklahoma. It just felt like a really fitting weekend for him. And, and I think the thing that you touched on, Everything that's going on with the Cleveland Browns, it just created a really important moment for him just to remember that there are a lot of people that still have his back, still support him. And, and it's not the Cleveland fan base. Let's let's be clear. The Cleveland fan base, a lot of them are still very much behind Baker Mayfield. It's it's what the organization has just chosen to do uh, for better or worse. But And I think everybody was just really glad for Baker to have that moment in a place where he's so loved and adored. Um to get that support, you could see that on the field, he was emotional. You know, he was taken aback by, by the outpouring of love and respect. And even you, you could overhear some fans just yelling, we love you Baker uh, from the stands. And, and he caught that, he heard that too. And, uh, and so it was just a really, really cool time and really happy for him. I think it just means so much for the university to have him and so many other former players connected and involved because it's, what's going to help, continue to push the program forward because these guys are invested too. Like they want to see this team reach a national championship again. It's been 22 years. You know, the Baker Mayfield didn't get a chance to play for one, but I mean, he wants to see Oklahoma reach the pinnacle, even if he wasn't able to. And so I think just him being back and then kind of the, the subtle nod to Kyler Murray, like, Hey, maybe next year it's going to be you. I would love to see them do that back-to-back years, like bring Kyler back next year and run it back, get his Heisman trophy or his Heisman statue put up in Heisman Park, give him the weekend to kind of be the guy that's kind of getting the flowers rained down upon him and, you know, bring back your Heisman, you know, people just continue to build on what you've kind of set out to do in the Brent Venables era. And that's just put forth, like all these great players that Oklahoma's had at the college level, at the NFL level, have them in attendance, have a big event that puts the focus on them. As Brent Venables has said, like it's about the players. 
Let's continue to make it about the players. Run it back next year. Bring Baker back next year. Make sure you give him a microphone wherever he's at. Run him to whatever event you've got and make sure that he's out there just putting the program's best foot forward because, again, great ambassador, someone who's always going to be able to you know, put a good performance on the mic. You know, he, he's always going to be able to cut a good promo for Oklahoma um, and drop a really good line that, you know, maybe takes a shot at Oklahoma State or at Texas. Maybe, definitely took else. a shot at Oklahoma definitely State. Definitely took a shot, yeah. So that, that was another great moment of the weekend. I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, well, it's, again, very Baker Mayfield-esque, right? I mean, it wouldn't be a trip back to Norman without Baker Mayfield pointing out that uh, the pose that they chose for the statue, that's something that Oklahoma State fans can always think about whenever that statue gets put on TV is that uh, it's a, a, a nod to little brother. But, you know, part of me hearing that quote, and I don't know, this is just maybe the sting from last season, it almost – it didn't – I don't want to say it didn't sit right with me, but it didn't. It didn't have feel the same good. punch. It didn't have the same punch because you lost to Oklahoma State yeah. last year in Bedlam. So the little brother comment, while at any other juncture, would be terrific, and I'm still here for it. Baker Mayfield, uh, just disappointing coming off obviously the way last season ended. The uh, you know the timing of this, just real quickly before we jump into some Brent Venables conversation, the the timing being a little bit pushed back. I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I think it's perfect. And you can, you know, think about yourself out there, you know, listening to this podcast, you don't necessarily have that full appreciation for a high school graduation in the moment that you graduate or, you know, any, you know, seminal moment in your life, maybe a wedding day is different. You probably feel that one, but some of these moments in your life, it takes a little bit of, getting removed from them to truly appreciate it. And I think that actually the fact that we weren't able to do this a couple of years ago actually timed out better for Baker to where this wound up being a half decade later and he could really, really appreciate at this point in his professional career, getting to come back to Norman and getting that type of reception. Yeah. So big shout out Baker. If you're listening and we know that you are, I mean, we're not, we hope you are. That'd be really cool. Oh, he's listening. uh, Yeah. Yeah, glad you had a great weekend. Uh, keep coming back. Make sure you're available whenever you have your bye week in the 2022 season. Come on back to Norman. Love to have you. Um, let's talk Brent Venables. College Football News put out a story talking about Dan Lanning and Brent Venables and how they are kind of in win-now mode. We'll talk about that. After I talk to you about Built Bar, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out. It's 100% covered in chocolate. They've got great great flavors. It's low calorie, low carb, and high in protein. And they just came out with Built Bar Granola Bars, which as soon as I saw that email hit my inbox, I was on Built.com ordering a couple boxes of the peanut butter chocolate and the coconut almond, and they'll be on their way to my house soon. And I cannot wait to try those because I love granola and I love granola bars. So this is going to be perfect for me. But go to Built.com. You can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. And again, so many great flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, cherry barcia, white chocolate cookies and cream. And they're always coming out with new flavors all the time. And they've got something called Built Puffs, which is like a marshmallowy type of protein bar. Yeah, it's marshmallow, but it's got protein in it. And it, you can't really taste that protein graininess like you do in other protein bars. Built Bar is perfect. So go to check it out, built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at built.com. And Josh, it's locked on NFL draft week. 
NFL Draft Thursday night. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL Draft live show on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube channel or the Odyssey app. They're going to have all three days covered with draft team guides uh, as they guide you through every pick and every trade in real time starting Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So check that out on the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube or on the Odyssey app. Okay, Josh, so college football news love college football news they do great work over there the great pete futak uh put out a piece on dan lanning and brent vettables talking about how it's their time now you have to win now and i get where he's coming from in this the big thesis of the story is there's a lot of first-time head coaches only dan lanning and brent vettables are landing at a spot with as much history and history of success as Oregon and Oklahoma. You know, you got Joey McGuire down there at Texas Tech. They're in a big rebuild. They're trying to, you know, build their program from the ground up. Um, you've got, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on who the other uh, uh, TCU's, Sonny Dykes at TCU. Nobody's expecting those two guys to go out and win the Big 12 in year one. Oklahoma, after what seemed like a, a quick little dip in the confidence level of the Oklahoma Sooners program, it's built been built right back up, and they're pretty much the favorite as far as power rankings goes, early predictions are concerned, to win the Big 12. And so my question to you is this, Josh. Is Brent Venables in win-now mode? I know personally he would say yes, but is it going to be a letdown of a season if they don't win the Big 12 championship? And will that could that potentially maybe like – put him in hot water for Oklahoma? Or is there going to be a little bit of time that Oklahoma fans are going to give Brent Venables to put this program on the right trajectory, getting ready for a future in the SEC? I always dislike when I hear Oklahoma fans say, temper your expectations for 2022. Are you kidding me? It's the University of Oklahoma. You never temper your expectations at the University of Oklahoma. Brent Venables, absolutely has a roster that is the best roster in the Big 12 Conference. They've got a quarterback in Dylan Gabriel that's more than capable once we end the 2022 regular season of us looking back and saying, you know what, Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback in the Big 12. Just top to bottom, Oklahoma's roster is more than good enough to win this conference. It was more than good enough to win this conference last season. They didn't do it. The expectation is going to be, yes, that Oklahoma is the favorite in the Big 12 Conference. And anything less than that, I'm sorry. Absolutely, it will be a letdown and a disappointment. I, again, I hear people, you know, not every Oklahoma fan, you know, I don't want to make it out like all of you feel this way, but there is a little bit of, of well, you know, give Brent Venables some time. And, hey, that you got to get the install in. It's a cultural shift to some degree here with Brent Venables. The bottom line is you've got the best team right now in the big 12 conference. So I'm right there in lockstep. I think that's exactly right. How much of this is just kind of reaction to the way the 2021 season went. They were supposed to be national title contenders. They're supposed to have Heisman contending quarterbacks and they kind of fell flat in games against Baylor, a game against Iowa State. And, I mean, they won the game against Iowa State, but then they fell flat in the second half against Oklahoma State. How much is this just Oklahoma fans kind of hedging? Like, hey, we really built up our expectations for the 2021 season and were let down. Are they just trying to, like, be patient and just kind of provide a little bit of um, – I don't know what the best word is, just a little bit of grace, like, hey, we're not going to build our expectations up too high so that we don't get disappointed again. 
there could be some of that to where you were humbled a little bit last season, late in the year. You know, you obviously lost the game down at Baylor and couldn't hang on in the second half versus Oklahoma State. Didn't score an offensive point in the, the second half uh, versus the Cowboys down in Stillwater. And really, Oklahoma didn't play all that great versus Iowa State in Norman either. So those final three games against good defenses – was a struggle for OU. So there could be, yeah, a little bit of the the lingering hangover there to where it's eh, everybody slow down. This is not a team built to win a national championship right here, right now in 2022. The other part is just that it's, it's year one for Brent Venables, right? So when it's year one for a new head coach, a lot of people feel like, well, you know, you can't have those types of expectations. Can't expect everything to just get flipped around completely in year one. You know, for me, I kind of look at it from this perspective, John. This is a head coaching change for Oklahoma. It's the second head coaching change we've seen, what, in six years now or five years now for Oklahoma. But neither one of those two head coaching changes, even as frustrating as 2021 was at the end of the year for Oklahoma and in the 9-0 start. I mean, how, how many complaints and gripes did we hear in the 9-0 start about, well, this is not the Oklahoma team that it was built to be, on and on and on. As many negatives as you could take away from last season, it's an Oklahoma team that won double-digit football games. So this is not an Oklahoma program that's going through a head coaching change. It wasn't that way when Bob Stoops stepped down, and it's not that way right now with Lincoln Riley exiting and Brent Venables coming in. This is not the head coaching change that you had when Bob Stoops took over. Oklahoma is in a really, really good place. They've got a ton of talented playmakers on both sides of the football. So, no, there's not a built-in one-year grace period. I'm sorry. It's the University of Oklahoma. That does not exist here. And it's not like they weren't like a play or two away from winning that game against Oklahoma State and going to the Big 12 championship. If Jaden Hazelwood's pass or the pass attempt to Jason Hazelwood it, Jason, Jaden Hazelwood gets called pass interference. They get the ball and they get another shot. I mean, if they don't throw a fade to Trayvon West, maybe they drop another play. Maybe if they've got a coach that isn't focused on uh, finding a house in LA, perhaps they have a better outcome in those games. Who knows? But again, like I, I think I, I agree with you. I think it is important to maintain high expectations because Brent Venables has those high expectations. Like, the best is the standard. So if best is the standard, you got to be the best in the Big 12, and then you're trying to be the best in the country. Anything less than that is you're falling short and could be considered a failure. Will Oklahoma fans turn on him? No. They'll they'll understand. Like It's hard to win sometimes. But, yeah, I think I think some of it is just that, hey, we, we got let down a little bit. Um, but I think the expectations are right where they should to be. This should be a really good team. We saw in the spring game, this is going to be a talented football team on both sides of the football. Still a few things to figure out, which we'll talk about later this week as well. But it's a team that should be able to contend, especially considering all the turnover we've seen with everybody else in the conference, whether it's quarterback or on the defensive side of the ball or a coaching change. I mean, the conference, they people keep saying nationally, the conference is as wide open as it's ever been. I'm not so sure that that's the case. I think still every team is chasing Oklahoma. Now you might have more contenders this year than you might have had last year with a team like Texas actually going to be able to compete offensively. Uh, you know, Kansas State should be right around there as well. Oklahoma State's going to be good again. Baylor's going to be good again. And Kansas is getting better. And so there, there might be some more tougher games. And I think West Virginia, I think with JT Daniels, could potentially be a sleeper contender that people aren't talking about yet. And so I think Oklahoma should be the clear favorite, but 
there will be challenges along the way, like we've seen every year. I mean, how long has it been since they had an undefeated Big 12 season? It's been a long time or have gone a full season undefeated. They're going to be challenged just like they will be every single year because they're the University of Oklahoma. They're going to get every team's best punch. Last little note here um, on USA Today, they had coaches, 10 coaches that are on the hot hot seat and Steve Sarkeesian showed up on the list. Uh, Do you believe that if Texas has a down year again in 2022, let's say they only go like seven and five. Do you think that's enough to potentially get him fired out of Austin? No, I don't think seven and five gets him fired, but I think hot seats fair. If, if they have another losing season, he will be fired uh, yeah. from Texas. I think, you know, anything seven and five or better, they probably give him a little bit of a, a leash to stick around, especially if Quinn Ewers, looks good even in in losing. I mean, you almost feel like, okay, if you lose five games, probably we're going to come away feeling like Quinn Ewers isn't totally the answer down in Texas. But hypothetically, let's say that we come away and Quinn Ewers looks pretty good and they still lose five games. There's some hope going into 2023. One final thing, if I can, on Brent Venables. Sure. The the idea that there's some sort of gimme year here where expectations have – you know, aren't sky high to get into the college football playoff or win the Big 12, et cetera, et cetera. The same folks that you're hearing that from, John, will be the exact same people calling into sports talk radio and talking to me and all of my buddies about how eight and four and nine and three wasn't nearly good enough. And maybe Brent Venables isn't the right man for the job. So, yeah, there's going to be like, OK, it's year one for Brent Venables. But, dude, I'm telling you, if if it's nine and three or worse for Oklahoma, it will be viewed around here and by fans as a massive, massive failure. Yeah. And I totally agree because you look at their schedule and there's not a, a game that's obviously losable. You know what I mean? Like every game on their schedule, they can win. They could go undefeated this year. I'm not saying they will go undefeated, but they should be favorites in most every game. Now that Texas game is always a coin flip, but beyond that, I don't see a, a team that's like legitimately head and shoulders above Oklahoma or better than Oklahoma heading into 2022. Uh, let's talk some NIL stuff. We're going to talk about what the future of college sports is a little bit because we're starting to see some things that just look on the surface a little bit like pay for play, but are falling under the NIL um, agreements, NIL venue of sports so we'll talk about that after i talk to you about rockauto.com rock auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save for example you can get a honda odyssey fuel pump from a chain store for 353 dollars From Rock Auto, you can get it for $216. That's just one example of the type of savings that you can get by going to rockauto.com. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go check it out. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And again, we want to thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen of the day. Make sure you go check out another great Locked On podcast. 
here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker as they get you ready for the NFL Draft or find your favorite team's podcast. we got all 32 teams covered. I listen to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast every single day with Marcus Mosier and Landon McCool, so make sure you go check those guys out. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan or the Lockdown Chiefs or Lockdown Cardinals, whatever your NFL flavor is. And Josh is going to lead our discussion here into NIL because we've got some interesting stuff about Nigel Pack happening. I've got a big deal, Josh. Yeah. This yeah, is crazy. I just thought this was an interesting note. So I'm, I'm just going to read this verbatim via Twitter. This was tweeted out by John H. Ruiz, attorney at law. We know that Nigel Pack was set to transfer away from Kansas State. Well, he's going to the University of Miami. That's now official. And here's the tweet. Breaking news, LifeWallet is proud to announce Nigel Pack has officially committed to Miami as a basketball player. The biggest LifeWallet deal to date. Two years, $800,000 total, $400,000 per year, plus a car. Congratulations. And then I think he tags a couple of the other attorneys at law. The reason I wanted to touch on this is, is uh, pretty simple. Is this what it's going to take now? for Oklahoma to be competitive in men's basketball. I think about name, image, and likeness. We've seen the, the one Oklahoma collective come into form for, uh, for Oklahoma. We know that that's going to be there. But I don't know what the, type of, what the type of investment will be from potential boosters or, you know, NIL, uh, NIL boosters, essentially – for men's basketball at the University of Oklahoma. And if that's what it takes out of the transfer portal to land a Nigel Pack, I mean, that kind of sets the bar, right? For somebody like Nigel Pack at Kansas State, who is clearly right there as an all-conference type performer. And if Oklahoma is going to be able to lure that type of talent, which is what it's going to take to win in the NCAA tournament, first of all, for Oklahoma, where they're at coming out of this past season, to get to the NCAA tournament and then to win in the NCAA tournament. Does Oklahoma have that type of support? Like softball. Okay. I think that there'll be some people that want to get on board for Oklahoma softball, Oklahoma baseball. I question a little bit, Oklahoma men's basketball. I even question there a little bit. Are there folks out there that are interested enough in making Oklahoma that type of competitive in men's basketball it really sort of lays the foundation for maybe what the future looks like. Like that's a, a Miami basketball program, John, that let's not kid ourselves and act like Miami is some national power. Yeah. It's a team that hasn't really done much of anything. Like they'll make a tournament here and there, but they're not a national contender, a national title contender, you know, year in and year out. I think it is going to be interesting. You know, I think this is one of the things where you just hope that culture and kind of team oriented basketball is able to overcome some of this you know we we see it in sports all the time like yes stars matter like having the star players matter but you look back to the 2011 dallas mavericks yeah they had dirk nowitzki who had arguably the greatest one of the greatest runs in the postseason ended up beating the the big three of the miami heat with lebron james Dwayne wade and chris bosh but he did it with kind of like a cast of characters like they had good players. Don't get me wrong, but none of them were superstars. You know, Jason Kidd was kind of at the end of his career. Tyson Chandler was a good defensive player. Uh, you had Jason Terry, a good sixth man, but none of these guys were like considered guys you're going to give max contracts to. And that's the thing. That's kind of where I get stuck with NIL overreaction a little bit. Like 
you know, we look at Texas A&M and what they're doing with, with their defensive linemen or Texas and their offensive linemen and, and looking at that, like, well, how are we going to overcome that? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money spent on high school players or, you know, transfer players, but ultimately it comes down to a team dynamic that's able to, to work together and put out a good, a good, a good product. We see it all the time in major league baseball, the Yankees, they spend more than anybody every single year, but they haven't won a title in what a decade or more. I mean, it, it matters that you spend, but also it, there's got to be a lot more to it than just spending money because ultimately just throwing money at a bunch of players and hoping that they gel together isn't necessarily going to work. It's, it's kind of the, the miracle on ice uh, philosophy of things like, you know, um, Coach Herb Brooks, if you watch the movie Miracle, you've seen it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's a great movie. But he kind of just talks about why all-star teams fail is because it's individuals trying to do the best that they can as opposed to creating a team where everybody's out there for the betterment of the team. One of the potentially negative byproducts of NIL is the me focus. It takes a strong culture to be able to manage a lot of that. We'll, we're going to start seeing a lot more of this. We're going to see the collectives kind of put in some big moments or big money opportunities for players. Are there people in Oklahoma that have the money, the wherewithal to be able to provide these kind of sponsorships? Sure. I mean, there's oil. There's, you know, you got Chesapeake. I don't know how invested they are with uh, Oklahoma, you know, but you've got the, the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder who's connected. You've got the owner of the Denver Broncos, who's an alumnus of Oklahoma. So there's there's people with money that if they are inspired enough and, and invested enough, could make something happen. It's just a matter of if. But I think what it's going to come down to for Oklahoma as far as basketball is concerned is just trying to create just the best, the best team dynamic that you can and just hoping that they, the hard work, the hustle is going to be able to overcome the NIL opportunities that some of the superstar players are going to get and you hope that you land a Trey Young, a Buddy Hill, a Blake Griffin at some point in your recruiting efforts to add to that team dynamic that you've already built in place. And you hope that if you have Nigel Pack on your campus, he doesn't leave for Miami or you name it. If yeah. You don't have that name, image, you like to steal in place. Again, I just think it's interesting if that's the direction. I mean, all of this is headed. We kind of know in some ways that this is where college sports is headed. And I'm all for players making what they're worth. I'll never, you'll never hear me complain about that. I just am thinking big picture here about how Oklahoma men's basketball fits into that picture. OU football, again, like I said, I don't worry about OU football. Texas A&M can spend, you know, all the money they want. Oklahoma is still going to recruit and sign some of the nation's top classes. And you know what? I believe going to the SEC, they're going, they're about to start getting better. But for Oklahoma men's basketball, I see that Nigel Pack news. And, you know, Oklahoma and Kansas State historically are pretty comparable programs. They they really are. You know, I think four Final Four appearances for Kansas State and five for Oklahoma. And, you know, both have proud basketball histories, but they wouldn't, of course, be in that conversation with the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Kansases, Indiana, whoever UCLA you want to throw into that top tier of Blue Bloods in college basketball. So, if that's what some of those teams kind of around Oklahoma's neighborhood are spending to get a guy like Nigel Pack to transfer on campus, I just wonder what that means for OU hoops as Porter Moser looks to try and build this thing and get them back in the dance. We'll see. It's kind of one of the negative byproducts of NIL and one of the reasons probably Mark Emmert, the NCAA commissioner, is stepping down um, either 
after they hire somebody or in June of 2023, because the NCAA is partially to blame for this because they've taken this Pontius Pilate, you know, we're washing our hands of this. Good luck, everybody. Figure it out on your own approach. And that just kind of leaves the rules open to a lot of interpretation that, you know, we're, but we're starting to see kind of what's happening because of that, because we're seeing players get induced and they didn't, nobody's going to call it that, you know, but when you have a company basically announcing that a player is transferring to their school or the school that they're, you know, have a vested interest in, I can, it pretty much screams inducement. You know, yeah, nobody's no, going mean, to, nobody's going to call it that, but that's kind of what it is. Like it's one thing if the school announces it and then you come out later and you're like, Oh, we've announced an NIL deal, but you're the, you're the, the company that's announcing this is just kind of weird to me, but possibly the future. It's not necessarily what it was intended to be. I think it was intended to be, Hey, we can sell shirts and autographs and, you know, take photos for money and make appearances and things like that. You know, not like straight up sponsorship deals with big corporations, but here we are. I urge all of you out there on the subject of Mark Emmert, never feel bad for Mark Emmert. Look at his uh, NCAA salary over X amount of years. Yeah, he's getting out for himself at the right time to not have to deal with a lot of this. But he's he's meanwhile, if you've you know ever watched Ducktales, he's basically Scrooge McDuck diving into his pond of coins every single night. So he's doing okay, I think. Yeah, Mark Mark Emmert comes from the Michael Scott School of Business, where he's read Somehow I Manage. Um, because he really hasn't managed much of what's gone on in, in college football. You know, the transfer portal is what it is. NIL is out of control and the college football playoff couldn't expand because there was no strong leadership making that happen. And so, yeah, he, he's going to kind of go down as a very hands-off commissioner that clung to this idea of student athlete, amateur athletics that was never going to be, able to hold and sustain because of the money that amateur that college sports are bringing in, whether it's football or basketball, college softball, the the men's college world series, just a ton of money in college athletics. It was time for the players to start getting a piece of that as well. Um, so we'll see, man, I, I am with you. I think there's a little, there should be definitely some doubt about what Oklahoma basketball can be. Uh, but again, it's going to come down to, can you find the right players that, it's more than the NIL. And that's, I think that's where Brent Venables falls on it too. Right. He said like, if a player's sole focus to come to Oklahoma is NIL, then he's probably not the right player for us. And I, I imagine that Porter Mosier feels the same way that he's going to be looking at players that have more to them than looking for the best NIL deal. And yes, the stars are going to chase the money. Cause why not? They should, but there's a lot of, a lot of really good basketball players out there. And Nigel Pack's one of those good ones, but there's other really good basketball players out there that hopefully Oklahoma will be able to land. Any other thoughts that you want to share on this as we, we close up? No, I mean, I think that's it, right? Is you got to find a way to get four and five star type players to Oklahoma if you're talking about winning an actual championship in basketball. And you got to find those guys that aren't totally wired like a Nigel Pack to where, you know, the first sign you've got. $800,000 in an NIL deal, you say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stick around Kansas state, or I'm trying to, in our case, stick around the university of Oklahoma. Yep. And that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Make sure you're subscribed to the show, wherever you get your podcasts We're free and available on all podcast platforms. You can also check us out on Twitter at locked on Sooners and Facebook locked on Sooners podcast, subscribe to the show on YouTube for Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll check you out next time. Boomer Sooner.